Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tomas Chair, who is founder and CEO of Functionize. Our topic today is a very interesting one, AI machine learning for automated DevOps testing. Tomas, welcome to the DevOps Chat podcast. Hey, Michelle. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Would you start out by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and also about Functionize. Absolutely. So my name is uh, Tomas Chair, and I'm the founding CEO of Functionize. I've been in technology for about 15 years, uh, started as a consultant uh, running my own company here in the Bay Area, focused around development, and we did also a lot of DevOps and building infrastructures, um, kind of uh, initially just self-hosted and then cloud hybrid. And um, during those years, I bumped into testing uh, a lot of times and really being at the front of the house and uh, running the company and, and dealing with customers really became very apparent that uh, testing is lacking in a lot of areas and this DevOps got more and more, uh, you know, initially mature and, and traction, then, then we got into it more. And, and again, testing is a huge problem. So really, that's when I got into uh, testing and, you know, try to uh, look at the problem, understand um, what opportunities we have now with cloud and big data that, uh, that have not been explored and how that could be applied to solve some of these problems. And this is really how Functionize was born uh, about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And ever since it's been, uh, it's been a, an amazing ride. And, and uh, now, you know, four years in, we have uh, really acquired a great team and we have a very exciting product and customers and, and just uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been an incredible journey. Great. Well, I definitely want to hear more about the product and, and uh, et cetera. Let's start maybe with in a software deployment world, especially in the DevOps world where we're automating and we're shifting things left, you know, testing is only good as good as the actual testing that happens. Just, you know, bad testing automated is still bad testing. What, what are some of the hindrances that you see as we've changed to more of an, a, a DevOps style container cloud? What kinds of things is that introduced into the testing criteria and, and how do you approach solving that differently than maybe a traditional, like with a Selenium style tool or something like that? I think that the, the largest change that comes with uh, all of the incredible progress that we have made in software development, if you, if you think about the, the entire DevOps tool chain and, and uh, cloud, and a lot of the automation that happens around it, including containers, is speed. And so as with speed, software gets deployed much more frequently, and companies are able to iterate very, very fast around their product. Mm-hmm. And that provides huge challenge for regression testing, as well as getting uh, testing on any of the new features that you're releasing. Um, and the maintenance, especially around it, is, is a huge challenge. So I would say that, that really that speed that we have seen uh, recently with some of these newer methodologies and, and agile multiple releases per day is really putting a huge pressure on the quality departments. And, um, and so there's huge opportunity to, to improve around that and, and really you know, bring that up to speed, if you will, versus you know, QA that has been kind of sitting stagnant for a long time, not seeing a lot of innovation if you look back the past 15 to 20 years. Well, you know, it stands to reason if you're producing a lot more software much quicker, 
you need to test obviously much more quickly. Uh, so automation, of course, is very important. Um, what do you also think about the problem of how do you know to test the right things and you've got the right kind of coverage and keeping in mind, you know, you, you, you may have developers, DevOps, engineers, as well as QA people that are defining what those test criteria are. So I think coverage is a very interesting topic and it's an important topic that a lot of our customers have. How much coverage should I have? Do I have the right coverage? And this is also an area where uh, we can collect data and, and understand and analyze data from the application itself and even from the live user usage in order to see where the patterns are, what, what's being used, what, what potential impact it might have on the software if, if particular feature or, or functionality would break. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I think that there's a huge opportunity in bringing that. This is certainly one area that, that we're focused on with our, with our autonomous test generation capability, where um, we're trying to close the gap on that and have an impact on companies' abilities to analyze and understand what really they need to test. I believe, if I recall right, with your technology, your product, you actually write the tests in kind of an English format, right? Rather than code, is that correct? So yes, we do have uh, uh, an English version of the test creation capability. That's not the only one, but it's one of the, one of the key areas that we're innovating around is to understand user intent and what the test case needs to do and be able to take modeling around that. And that becomes really interesting and really important in how your test cases are maintained over time. Mm -hmm. So these, these test cases become a lot less brittle for the very specific implementation and particular um, button or HTML element interaction. And so that's a really exciting area that we're innovating in. Excellent. So I would imagine also being part of a CICD process you have to integrate with a lot of different tools or at least fit into a framework where, you know, you obviously don't own the process end to end. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you've approached that. So the way we approach that, and again, this is a super important part of, um, of DevOps and uh, building a piece of technology uh, these days, especially because the tool chain is incredibly important. And um, so the way we approach it is two ways. Is one, we have generic APIs and um, kind of out-of-the-box solutions to integrate with, um, you know, kind of your usual suspects, uh, GitHub and Jira and, and various different CI tools like Jenkins. Mm -hmm. um, Integrate, yeah. The other piece that we're doing that's really interesting is uh, we're, uh, we have an app ecosystem within Functionize that allows our users basically to program our runtime environment the, that actually executes the tests. And this opens up um, all of the object models and, and kind of hidden internals um, of the actual test case running. This is really, really interesting because um, it gives you the capability to do a really, really deep level integration, even in the middle of an execution with uh, third-party applications or um, any other external functional that you might have to, to perform that's kind of a, a complex or an advanced use case. Now, am, am I correct in reading into what you're saying in that while the tests are running, you can programmatically control Functionize and, and alter or, or adjust its behavior of what it's testing or how it's testing or something related to that? Precisely. Precisely. So this is a, a kind of first in the market uh, capability and uh, beyond just controlling uh, 
sort of sort of the outcome of the test case or the behavior, you also get access to the rich data sets that we're collecting, including all of the visual uh, screenshots or videos that we're, we're, um, we're collecting during execution. Now, I understand, too, you use some AI machine learning in some pretty unique ways with screen captures, maybe other ways in the product. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely, be happy to. So as applications run again and again, obviously how the application behaves and looks is really important. So there's one area that customers care about, just called kind of like visual testing, which is, is my application displaying the way that I'm expecting it to and customers would expect it to? So it's one key area that we're working on and with template recognition capabilities that can detect breakages on the page. And, and this is based not on traditional kind of abs diff kind of, uh, you know, like pixel by pixel computation and looking at the difference, but actual uh, deep learning that can understand how your page normally looks and where we normally see changes versus maybe change sets that, that looks like um, anomaly. Mm-hmm. And then there's another area. Also, this is really interesting. Part of this that can be called, that can be used in the root cause analysis, for example, of a page to understand what changed, what new elements were introduced, and potentially how a test case that now is no longer valid could be automatically updated. Oh, so certain scenarios, maybe a page has changed sufficiently that the, the test no longer makes sense anymore to run. That kind of a situation. Exactly. Like imagine that somebody added a couple of new form fields to a form and now, you, you know, those are required and you, you can't complete the test. So that's something that we can do with analysis, visual analysis as well as some DOM analysis um, can recognize and automatically suggest some solutions around it. Wow. We've come a long ways from the uh, screen scraping <laughs> vector graphics days of testing UIs, haven't we? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of exciting uh, work that's gone gone into, it. and again, and, you know, we are obviously drawing down on on incredible open source capabilities as well, and and you know the advances that we've seen over the last year in NLP as well. So it's really exciting progress that's being made in the industry in general. Excellent. Uh, so talk a little bit about the cloud environment, and you know, we're living in a world of you may be cloud native application, but you may also be in a hybrid. Uh, private cloud, maybe even not even a cloud data center, and a private data center as well as multi-cloud. And uh, what what are some of the challenges those environments bring, and how might you tackle that? So that's a great question. Cloud environments in general are wonderful to work with for us, and customers that are in the cloud and utilizing the cloud are great to work with for us. It does not represent any kind of a major challenge. It actually makes it much easier for us to work together. I would say that the, the cloud hybrid environments or on-prem environments certainly uh, pose a challenge and there's various different ways that we work with customers like that to still be able to bring the value of the cloud and the scale and kind of a lot of the modeling that we do and, and be able to still test applications that are hidden behind a firewall. Mm-hmm. Is that also because just the environments, maybe the testing tools, et cetera, that are in a traditional data center, private data center environment, just are unique to that environment versus the cloud environments more standardized if you're in Azure or Google or, or AWS, is that why? I would say it's more, it's more it has to do with the access, is the way that we can access the application. Mm. It's the client's ability to, um, to provision environments that might be dedicated for testing. 
the way those environments can get the right resources, compute resources, so it can handle the load that we will put on it as you go into agile testing versus in a traditional environment where the hardware is limited and potentially, you know, you have to deal with some secure tunneling into the system, which is going to slow it down. And it, so overall, your speed decreases and the flexibility around those environments decrease. And the customer's ability to um, provision new hardware, let's say, because they would like to move faster for testing is greatly diminished. One of the things awesome about entrepreneurs is oftentimes they take a problem that they've had in their career, maybe their last job, and say, there's a better way to do this. Let me go create a product, create a company, go do that. Sounds like that's part of your story too. What was it that in your experience with software and testing being a hindrance in and of itself? Were there specific problems or just there's got to be a better mousetrap? Or how did you, uh, how, what did you bring with you from that experience to spin off and create Functionize? That's a great question. It really has to do with the pain, right? Getting the call from an angry customer when, you know, a particular bug regressed for the third time that, that week because your processes are not there. Uh, it's really, really painful. And so that's really the, the, the initial uh, starting point. Um, the second piece that I would say that, that makes it a little bit unique is that, and we talk about this, is that as well as shift left is really important so you can start testing early on. It's also really important to shift right. It's really important to test production environments because um, there's a lot of things that happen these days when the application is literally compiled in real time in the browser with lots of real-time dependencies, third parties and APIs and whatnot. So many things can go wrong in production that may not be actually code defects. They might have to do something with some other defect or some other dependency problem. So that's certainly one area that I am bringing the functionize in, in a heavy way that, and kind of the way that I see the future going, going both ways. We're shifting left, but at the same time, we're also thinking about how do we test production. Interesting. You know, you certainly hear a lot of uh, shift left in test environments, not so much things happening in production environments. Are, are there certain, you mentioned uh, applications kind of assembling, if you will, being brought together inside the browser at runtime in a production environment. Are there other use cases like this for testing in production? I'm really curious about this. Oh, absolutely. And there's many. I mean, a few that I can think of that could be really interesting is a lot of the personalization that also is happening these days. So we see customers struggle also with uh, kind of the, these new, new style marketing capabilities that are personalizing and these experiences that you would display to the user. It's very difficult and challenging to test. Difficult to see if in the production environment you have kind of the, the, the right data and the right experience, if you will, showing up. And um, so that also provides opportunities for us to, uh, to create specific products and features within Functionize to, to attack that problem. Mm -hmm. Seems also like this is, you know, sort of an edge case maybe today. We'll see more and more of it, but serverless applications that are more event-driven, you know, not traditional transaction-driven driven might also be a good, good uh, production test case for you. I agree. So certainly that, that would be an, an early, let's call it corner case or edge case. But I, I think that we're going to see more and more of these coming as, as uh, companies mature and these technologies uh, become more mainstream. Mm -hmm. We're kind of going a little bit different direction here. A little birdie told me that uh, you all are up for some type of AI machine learning award. What, what's happening with that? 
Well, we were just recently nominated for the Iconics Award here in San Francisco, so we're excited to be part of that. We'll be attending and seeing how it goes. Obviously, we're honored to be uh, to be there and being uh, being nominated. So that's that's very exciting to see um, the company being recognized for the work that we're doing. That's awesome. Well, wish, I wish you best, uh, best with that, and good luck. Uh, also, I know there's some things happening on the partnership uh, for Functionize. What's uh, what's happening there? Um, yes, absolutely. We have <clears throat> we have a lot of great traction, and so we are uh, about to announce shortly, probably at the end of the quarter. Um, or early Q4, uh, a very strategic partner, one of the largest uh, global service integrators who are uh, partnering with Functionize and, uh, and we're going to market together, which is, uh, again, I'm just really proud of the team and, and shows the the work that we're doing and, and the work the market is doing to raise the awareness of the power of AI and machine learning and how that's going to change testing. Mm-hmm. So we'll look forward to maybe some announcements coming up in fourth quarter then. Gonna keep an eye out for that. Great. Um, yeah. So, so uh, kind of put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, if you had to say what some of the best practices that you've learned, not only at Functionize but also before, when it comes to automated testing in a DevOps cloud world, if you could boil that down to two or three best practices, where would you start? What would you tell people? I would say that finding the right tool and be building the right tool chain is definitely incredibly important. The second, I would say, like everywhere else, I would say you, you do need the right people and, and so training and understanding of how to apply these tools is, is absolutely critical. And then lastly, I would say that your, your strategy in that application, obviously, going back to the earlier conversation of what to test and how to test is going to be, uh, is going to be critical for, for, for your success. And so, the tool obviously is is primarily the area, and certainly education is a second area that we're very focused on too. I'm curious, to, I'm curious about that success. too. What what are the kind of things that mm-hmm. you look at or look for in people from a testing skill or kind of skills that you invest in current staff uh, for training skill development? What are some of those things that you look for? Um, can you clarify the question in terms of look for in skill sets we're hiring or skill sets? Uh, so your right. second item well, that you mentioned was the kind of capabilities and skills of your staff in testing and uh, in hiring those kinds of folks, also training for testing folks. What what are some of those things that, that you've learned to look for that um, would be good advice for uh, potential customers or current customers of Functionize? That's, yeah, that's a great question. So I would say that, you know, obviously, like in any hiring, you want to you hire bright people who are very motivated for that. I'm assuming that's a baseline as far as the skill set goes, I think we we definitely are looking at obviously professionals that have a lot of experience, but also um, we can really enable and help people that are primarily manual or let's say much less technical today um, and bring them into the world of automation and really drive a lot of value for our customer base because we see a lot of customers struggling with scaling and finding the right technical talent. So I would say that that's absolutely a critical point on on being able to spread this to to wider audience. But at the same time, I say I think that having technical users in part of the product project I think is still very important. Okay, very good. Well, uh, as always happens on these podcasts, we've run out of time. Uh, Tomas, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to be here.
My pleasure as well. Thank you to uh, Tomas Chair, founder and CEO of Functionize, for joining us today. And also, of course, to you, our listeners, for joining us. You've listened to another DevOps chat. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com. Have a great day. Be careful.